At ADP, we work with more than 860,000 companies worldwide. That gives us a pretty good idea of how to help businesses grow stronger. Whether it's through data insights that help you make informed decisions about building a team that works better as a team. Or by keeping you ahead of thousands of changing regulations so you can keep ahead of everything else. Like building that better team. Grow stronger with ADP. HR talent, time, and payroll. Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight's play, play, Stairway to Heaven, is another J. Arthur Rank production which received international acclaim. It's a tender romance between a British pilot and an American girl who are separated by a heavenly messenger. And as our stars of this delightful fantasy, we have David Niven in his original role and the Universal International star, Barbara Rush. Later they will join me for a preview of... This is a story of two worlds. The one you know called Earth. And another, existing only in the mind of a young pilot. Whose life and imagination have been violently shaped by war. It's 1945, shortly before dawn. Over the North Sea, a Lancaster bomber. Riddled by shells and on fire, struggles through a dense fog toward the English coast. A pilot has just made radio contact with an air-sea rest station. Hello, down there. Hello? Can you hear me? Where are you, Lancaster? Request your position. Come in, please. Position nil. Position nil. What's your name? I cannot read you. Can you see our signals? No. It's funny, but all of a sudden I'm thinking of a poet. Give me my scallop shell of quiet. My staff of faith to walk upon. My script of joy, immortal diet, my bottle of salvation. My gown of glory, hopes to gauge, and thus I'll take my pilgrimage. Sir Walter Raleigh wrote that. I'd rather written that than flown through Hitler's legs. I cannot understand you. Request your position. Can't you give my position? Instruments are shot away. Crew gone, too. All except Tubshaw here, my navigator. He's dead. The rest bailed out on my orders. Time 0445. My station warned that Bomber Group G for George. Send them a signal, please. Warned Bomber Group G George. Why are you going to try to land G George? Oh, my name is not G George. It's Carter. Peter D. Carter. No, I can't land. The undercarriage is gone. I'm bailing out presently. What's your name? June. Well, I'm bailing out June. But there's a catch. I don't have a parachute. Repeat, please. Hello. Can you hear me? No, it's all right. I'd much rather jump than try. I hope I'm not upsetting you, June. Are you pretty? Not bad. You've got a beautiful voice. Funny, a girl I've never seen would hear my last words. Well, perhaps we can do something. Let me report you. No, just keep talking, please. I want to be alone with you, June. Where were you born? In Boston. Boston. That's the place to be born. In history, it was made there. Are you in love with someone? No, no, don't answer that. I could love a man like you, Peter. I love you, June, because your life and I'm leaving you. Where do you live? Leewood House. About three miles from here. Good. I'll be a ghost and come and see you. What time will you be there? Well, I'm on duty until six. Oh, oh, this is such a 
Oh, it's the best sense I ever heard. He can't be helped about the parachute. What do you think the next world is like? Oh, Peter, well, I'll know soon enough. Subshaw will probably be waiting for me. Goodbye. Goodbye, June. Someplace. Look for him. I have almost 1,000 airmen to account for. And if you're Peter D. Please. Carter is not here. But he's supposed to be here. His name's on that list. He's either AWOL or else. Well, there's been a mistake. There has not been a mistake here for 1,000 years. Then where's Carter? If there was a mistake, if Peter Carter was still alive on Earth, a bell would ring. Do you hear a bell? No. Therefore, no mistake has been made. And if you have any further complaints, I. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. Conductor R-34. Conductor R-34. Go to the recorder's office with Lieutenant Trubshaw. Record at once, please, with Lieutenant Trubshaw. Mm-hmm. No mistake, eh? Well, R-34, what about this, mess? What can I say, monsieur? The bell rang. A mistake has been made. Who is missing? My flight commander, sir. Peter D. Carter. Well... I, I must have lost him in that accursed fog down there on Earth. Oh, yes, it was a fog, all right. Real old piece, too, I've been waiting for him, sir. So have I. Don't you know a thing like this must be reported to me immediately? I lost my head, Mr. Recorder. Yes, not long in the service, sir. Since the so-called glorious French Revolution, monsieur? I see. Natural death? I also lost my head then. Monsieur, I will go after Carter at once. It's not so simple. Hmm? Peter Carter has fallen in love. That complicates matters. All of them? Peter Carter jumped from his plane, fully expecting an immediate demise. Due to some butter fingering up here, he did not die. But, but how? He lost consciousness and woke up on a stretch of beach. Suddenly, he became aware of a girl. Hi. Hello. Hello. Anything wrong? I don't know. I. Why, you're June. And you're. Yes, and I'm not dead. I'm alive. Oh, but how did you get here? Oh, I'm so glad you're safe. What happened? I don't know. I, I don't know. Are you hurt? My head feels a bit queer. Peter. Oh, what a cruel joke to play. Oh, I wasn't joking. I've been crying so ever since you said goodbye to me from the plane. Don't cry, June. Don't ever cry again. Peter. Oh, darling. Darling. And that's what's been going on down there. I will proceed to us at once, monsieur. Explain your error to Mr. Carter and get him up here where he belongs. Oh, uh, when you see him, give him a message for me, huh? Avec plaisir. What message? Oh, just say, uh, what hell? Bon? Oh, uh, Monsieur Recorder, you have a small idea of where I might locate Mr. Carter? Wait a moment. Yes, sir? Operations, please. Yes, sir. Operations, officer. Where about Peter D. Carter, delinquent? In company with the Miss June Adams, an American wax. There is a cost. It seems she is off duty. That's the... enough, thank you. Ah, yes, quite enough. A May night, an English garden bathed in moonlight. Moonlight, but it's not night already. 
You will soon learn, Mr. Trubshaw, that here there is no such thing as time. And what seems to you the wink of an eye down there may be a century. Are you still here? Uh, on my way, monsieur. All will be serene. You cold, darling? Cold? No, Peter, no. You smell something? No. Oh. Tell me, what did you do before the war? Good evening. Good evening. Who are you? What's this costume? What is wrong with these clothes? They were my very best. I was buried in them some hundred and fifty years ago. June? June, am I seeing things? Ah, she is lovely, isn't she? But save your breath, Monsieur Benedict. She's nothing. Here's nothing. June, we are talking in space, you and I, not in time. You crazy? Who are you? We should have met at dawn, mon ami. Unfortunately, I missed you. Oh, I bring you a message from Monsieur Trubshaw. Trubshaw's dead. Trubshaw. Oh yes, quite dead. He says, "What ho?" Well, he always says, "What ho?" But he's dead. Again, I say yes. And what should be the status of a man who jumps from his aircraft without a parachute? You know. He should also be dead. But I missed you because of your ridiculous English climax. For What do you want now? You, my friend. What for? To conduct you. Where? To heaven, of course. Oh, this is fantastic. And if I refuse to go with you? But you cannot refuse. You have overstayed already by nearly 16 hours. Uh, uh, time, that is. What about her, June? I'm in love with her. But what is love? The feeling of a moment. I represent eternity. Sixteen hours ago, I was not in love. Now I am. <laughs> Millions of people are in love. Do they protest when their time is up? No, they do not. They have no right to. Exactly. But I have. Why? Look, it was no fault of mine that I didn't die. I've fallen in love because of your mistake, and I demand an appeal. Will you please be reasonable? Appeal to whom? Well, that's your problem. You'll find out. It has never been done. Never. Well, then go away. You are determined to get me into the salad, aren't you? Well, what about the salad you got me into? Hmm. I think I'll leave you for a little while. Yeah, that's better. A little while, I said. I shall have to report above for instruction. Good. Go on, report. And do not fall any deeper in love, you hear me? I'm warning you. She's charming, isn't she? Au revoir, mon ami. I work for a magazine. June, what did you say? I said I work for a magazine. Why did you say that? Well, because you just asked me what I did before the war. Oh, yes, I did. June, what's the matter with me? An odd thing happened while you were asleep, or, or did it? Well, I haven't been asleep. Well, then you heard us talking. Why, no. Well, who was here to talk to? Well, they sent somebody. They? June, do I look cracked? <laughs> Not to me, darling, are you? Look, there was a dense fog at dawn this morning. That's right, isn't it? Well, you know there was. And I did bail out without a parachute, didn't I? So how can I be alive? Oh, darling, we've talked about that all day. We don't know what happened. It doesn't make sense. And I'm in love with you. That doesn't make much sense either. But I am. Well, that character insists I should be dead. What character? Well, he's French. He's got short pants and lace and things. <laughs> they sent him down after me. He said he missed me before because of the fog. Bad luck for them. Good luck for me. Well, I told him I was going to appeal. He's gone off to get instructions. But it's not my fault I'm not dead. It's not my fault that I found you and fell in love with you. It's... Oh, Peter. Oh, my head. Oh, these awful headaches. June. June, you are there, aren't you? Oh, Peter, of course I'm here. For a second, I, I thought I'd lost you. Oh, what is it, darling? What is it?
Where's this piece of chat now? In the village at the inn. Why hasn't he rejoined his station? Well, because I was hoping so that you might help him, or at least see him. You told me about cases like this. Oh, no, no, not like this, because nothing ever happened like this. I've done a lot of work in neurology, yes, but that doesn't alter the fact that Peter Carter is the property of the Air Force. Oh, he's not property. He's a person, a very fine person. And I, I don't want anyone just mauling him about and asking him questions. I want you... I'm sure the RAF would say that. I knew exactly what they'd say. I had a talk with Carter's commanding officer right after you phoned me. The medical officer, too. Luckily, he'd heard of me, or said he had anyway. Well, you mean then, they, they won't make I it mean a... that I've arranged a week's furlough. Oh, Dr. Reese. So, he believes he bailed out without a parachute. Yes. And he has hallucinations. This uh, 18th century Frenchman, you told him he was talking rubbish? Oh, no. Good girl. Now, look here. You still have that recreation hall at Leeward House? Yes. Suppose I meet you and Carter there. Say about tea time? Well, I'll be off duty till five. I'd better see your trio as well. I'll want you around for a fire, children. Mind if I ask a lot of stupid questions, Carter? I wish you would. These visions you've had, hallucinations, uh, ever happened before? No, never. What were you in civilian life? I taught at Oxford European history. Parents alive? My mother. What was the cause of your father's death? Same as mine. Brain? No, war. 1917. How long have you been in? Since 41. Mm, You must have had a good many missions. 67. About these headaches. Oh, I know you get them. I know you've had them for some time, and I know you told no one about them, especially your medical officer, right? What else do you know? I know about your eyes. You know a great deal. I'd like to know more. Well, the headache started about six months ago. Up here, mostly. Frontal and central. Did you ever get a bang on the head? <laughs> Dropped as a baby, no doubt. I don't remember. Mind if I try something? Look straight ahead. I guess? Yes. What are you looking at? That girl down there playing the gramophone. She's got nice legs. Yes, very. Now, don't take your eyes off of her. This is going to be easy. Now, without moving your eyes, what can you see on the extreme right? Fireplace. In the center? Girl with the legs. Extreme left? Windows. Curtain? Yes. What color? Dark red. Good. Well, that's all of that. Now, you've seen something. Someone, clearly. As clearly as I see you. Now, don't be annoyed with this question. It may sound rather silly. But have you imagined recently that you smelled something that couldn't possibly be there? How did you know? I didn't. Uh, A shot in the dark. You noticed this odor at the same time you saw this heavenly messenger, this conductor fellow, this Frenchman? Yes. Onions. Fried onions. (laughs) Well, you asked me. 
this messenger hasn't turned up again, has he? No, but he will. When? I don't know. Peter's launched an appeal, Doctor. Against what? Against dying. That's the spirit. Don't you give in. I won't. Well, that's about all for now, except you're to stay at my house for a few days. Would you mind? Oh, not at all. But what about my commanding officer? His orders as well as mine. I want to be around when this Frenchman calls on you again. You're on your own till seven tonight. Oh, uh, you ought to come to you. In there, seven. What time is it? Ten o'clock. You sleep for at least another hour. How do you know? I gave him a pill. Oh. Well, but what if... If the Frenchman comes again, I left a bell at the side of Peter's chair. A bell? If he has a visitor, Peter's going to ring the bell, if he can. And now, how about another game of chess? Oh, sure. If you'd like. Don't worry about him, June. He'll be... June! June! Dr. Reeves! Quickly! Monsieur Tucker. <clears throat> Monsieur, if you please. Hmm? Who? Oh, you're back. Uh-uh. Oh, very well. Ring the bell. You see? Nothing happens. The bell does not ring. Hmm, a book. A book on chess, hmm? I was reading it just before I fell asleep. I looked in 100 best games. I must look this over. I stopped stalling. Hmm? What about my appeal? Oh, yes. Well, it's been granted. Thank you. The trial will be a full dress affair. Oh, it's fresh. Everyone will be there. You have two days in which to prepare your case. Wonderful. Don't be so happy. The, the counsel for the prosecution, the one who will insist that you leave this little world of yours, has been chosen. Well? His name is Abraham Farland. Come again? Abraham Farland. Never heard of him. A man from Boston. I've never been in Boston. Abraham Farland died in Boston in 1776. Oh. Exactly. The American War of Independence. The Farland killed? Yes, by a British bullet. Well, he may be prejudiced, huh? Oh, what did I say? Yes, yes, they say he hates your guts. He hates the guts of every Englishman. And particularly, he hates you for being involved with such a nice girl from Boston, Massachusetts. All right, then I'll appeal against him. Impossible. After all, we have to pick the best man. The honor of my whole department is at stake. What you have to do is choose a good man for yourself. As my lawyer? Precisely. Oh, who? Anybody who has ever lived upon us, all at your disposal. You could even choose me. Oh, that'd suit you just fine, wouldn't it? Oh, no. I didn't think so. Well, you can choose uh, Socrates, William Pitt, Henry VIII. What about Madame du Barry? She knows all about love. Well, the one-track mind. Now, I have to think it over. Oh, by the way, this book on chess, I'd like to borrow it. It's not mine. It belongs to the doctor. Doctor's? Mm, they give me a great deal of trouble in my job. Oh, well, you think it over. I will be back, monsieur. June! June! Dr. Reeves, quickly! What is it, Peter? Is the Frenchman there? He's gone, but he was here. I couldn't ring the bell until... Peter, you all right? Yes, I... I think so. I... Oh, dear, Peter. Let me look at your eye. And look up toward the ceiling. You can talk if you want to. So, he just left, huh? Yes, I hope you didn't give in to anything. No. They'd put be right back. June, I've got good news. Oh, what, darling, what? I've won the appeal. And the trial's in two days. Darling. Peter, tell me. Did you smell anything? Yes. Same as before. Fried onions. Now, I want you to drink this. Any headache? Oh, beauty. You tell me what the Frenchman said tomorrow. I want to talk. He said... Oh, good heavens, it's gone. What's gone? What book was I reading before I went to sleep? That book of mine on chess. 
Oh, your team. On the death game. I put it right here. You sure? Absolutely certain. Oh, no. Oh, a bit cool. Now, how about getting back to sleep? Uh, about my counsel at the trial. I don't think you believe a word I say. Peter! My dear friend, here on Earth, I'm your defending counsel. And as your counsel, I believe everything you tell me. June, June, I don't want to leave you. Oh, why should you leave me, darling? Everything will be all right. If I can only get a good counsel. Of course you will. How important. I don't want to lose you, June. Oh, I won't let you go, Peter. No one can take you from me. I won't let you go. I won't let you go. Will he have more hallucinations? Yes, but I think he'll be all right. Oh, he's not going mad again. His brain's not affected? Of course it's affected. He's having a series of highly organized hallucinations comparable to an experience of actual life. A combination of vision, of hearing, and of idea. To a neurologist, that points to a pressure on the brain. That's why Peter's sense of smell has been affected. Well, and how did he survive the jump from his plane? I don't know. Right now, the main thing is for him to win his case at the trial. You're serious? Perfectly serious. But suppose he loses. Oh, oh, that's absurd. If we see that he's losing or we think that he's going to lose, we'll find out the reason why he survived his jump or we'll invent one. We have a couple of drinks, you and I, and invent the greatest lie in medical history. Meanwhile, yes? Peter will have to be operated on. When? Right away. I'll see his RAF medical officer in the morning. We can't wait for the trial, June, as... You said he made loose. We don't dare wait any longer, Dr. McKeown. Deterioration all around. We ought to operate tonight. But we're swamped here. You're sure of your diagnosis? Absolutely certain. I showed you the x-rays yesterday, the ocular report, those highly organized hallucinations, coupled with a sense of smell. Everything points to arachnoid adhesions involving the olfactory nerve. I'm no surgeon. Who do you have here? Edwin Liza. Liza, that's fine. Good. Yes, but I, I don't see how we can manage tonight. I mean, there's no crisis in a thing like this. Any day we do. There is a crisis. And uh, I'm afraid. Insanity? Yes. Why? I told you that trial Carter keeps talking about. Well, as far as he's concerned, that trial is fixed for tonight. And he hasn't found anyone to defend it yet. He really believes all this? Intensely. The boy has a fine mind, McEwen. It's part of our trouble. Too good a mind. A weak mind isn't strong enough to hurt itself. Yes. Cupidity has saved many a man from going mad. Carter's had several talks with his heavenly messenger, that Frenchman. Hallucinations, of course, but you never saw such an imagination. But I, I don't quite follow. Nothing that Carter invents is entirely fantastic. It's invention. But it's logical invention. He's convinced he'll die. If he loses his case tonight, and that's why I say we must operate tonight. It's no use shaking your head. But I'm sorry, but... Oh, excuse me. Dr. McKeon here. Who? Oh, one moment. It's you, Dr. Reed. The girl. Hello? It's Peter, Doctor. He's worse. I don't know what's happened. And it's happened something. We were sitting here in your library, and all of a sudden, he, he just stopped. He just stood staring out at the rain, staring into space. And if he... oh, oh, please come. I'll be right there, too. Oh, Peter, darling. You're far off somewhere. Come back. Come back, Peter. Come back. I do not 
I give you the right to choose as your counsel anyone who ever lived on Earth, and yet you tell me you cannot make up your mind. I can't. May I remind you the trial is but a few of your hours off. Look there, shelf after shelf of books about famous men. There is Lincoln. What about Abraham Lincoln? No, it's hardly fair to drag him in. So I don't think he'd be prejudiced. Mm, Plato? Nobody knew more about reasoning than Plato. He's 81 when he died. He might be too old to think love important. Perhaps you're right. Now, if he had been French, Richelieu, for instance. Oh, irresistible at 80. I never liked Richelieu much in the Three Musketeers. Uh, Voltaire? No. Then who do you want? Look, it sounds fine to have all these great men to choose from, but what do they know of our problems today? Mm, true, very little. Besides, it should be an Englishman. Nobody's famous, but somebody with his head screwed on right. <laughs> now, what about this Abraham Farland? Was he a famous man? A school teacher. Ah, you see? Anyway, why are you so interested in getting me a counsel? I am interested only in getting you where you belong, in heaven. Peter, now, come with me now. No. If you do, you will have nothing to worry about. No trials, no vexations, no pain. See over there, Peter? A great, magnificent stairway. Yes. It will take us there, Peter. It is the stairway to heaven. No. Come, Peter. Come. No, no I don't have to go yet. I have your word. I can appeal. I'm leaving you, Frenchman. I'm getting out of space and going back to Earth. Back before it's too late. Peter, come here. Come back here. Come back. Come back. Come back, Peter. Oh, come back, darling. Peter, Peter. June, you almost got me. June. Doctor? You'll come around in a moment. June, Peter's got to go to the hospital tonight. Phone Dr. McEwen. Tell him I say it's life or death. Oh, yes, Doctor. Oh, uh, better send a telegram to his mother and sister. You know where? Yes. That's all. Hello, Peter. Where's Joe? Phony. He'll be back in a moment. You almost got me. I know. He's a crafty beggar. He got away by the skin of my teeth. Now, look here. Don't let anybody fool you into giving up this appeal. You've been promised a fair trial. Don't give in to anybody. I haven't the counsel. He'll find the right man. They might appoint some stool. Nonsense. Or let it go by default. I tell you, we'll find somebody. Take our staff until we do. Nobody famous. Well, how about... Doctor? Come in. I can't get through to the hospital. The operator says it's the storm. I'll take your car. No, you're more valuable here. I'll go. Now, go in to him. And don't allow him to despair, June. His life is in your hands. Miss Adams? Yes? I'm uh, Dr. McEwen from the hospital. There's been an accident. Accident? Dr. Reed. He was on his way to see you. I did see him. They brought him in. His car skidded off the road. Dr. Reed is dead. Oh. oh, no. No. He told me about squadron leader Carter. We're taking him to the hospital now. He'll be in good hands. Uh, I'll tell Peter. Where's Dr. Reed? Well, he's gone ahead, Peter. He's had an accident, hasn't he? Yes. A bad accident. Is he dead? Yes, he's dead. Oh, come, darling. 
After me killing Slayton. Well, Dr. Reeves, I believe. Yes? Welcome. Thank you. Oh, uh, permit me to return your book on chess. Oh, ho. Oh. Ha-ha. So, it's you. And how is, uh, dear Peter? He has a fighting chance. Oh, ho. Where are you taking me? Up the stairway. We'll have to skip several of the preliminaries. I'm taking you at once to the recorder. He's very anxious to see you, Doctor. Come in. Come in, please. Mr. Recorder, Dr. Frank Reeves. Doctor, you are familiar with the case of Peter Carter. I am. He has just chosen you to be his counsel. I was hoping he would. You have very little time in which to prepare your case. Well, they told me that seats in the courtroom are already at a premium. Seats in the hospital now? Yes, they've already started the brain operation. I should like to see my clients immediately. Conductor, take Dr. Reeves to the operating room. Shallow in the rest, Doctor. Hello, Peter. Hello, Doctor. Where's June? She's waiting, Peter. Out in the corridor. They're operating on me, aren't they? How's it going? Life is a great surgeon, Peter. Neat. Very neat indeed. I like his work. Good. Uh, about me, Peter. I'm very flattered you've made me your counsel. Are you sure I'm the best man? Quite sure. But I'm no lawyer, and if Abraham Fowler gets into politics, I'm sunk. <laughs> well, who isn't? Like, come on, Doctor, you must have something. Uh, a little common sense, perhaps. Well, if that's as rare up there as it is down here, a little will do me fine. I need evidence, Peter. June's all the evidence I need. I've fallen in love with her. Her accent is foreign, but it sounds sweet. We were born thousands of miles apart, yet we were made for each other. Conductor, conductor, may, may I take her? Just in case, you know. Go on, kiss her, but she will not know it. Doesn't matter. Place I want to see. Come, doctor, the corridor. I think they'd rather be alone. But we cannot let him out of our sight. Look. So he kisses her. Ah, oh, you English! What is the good of kissing a girl if she cannot feel it? Oh, June, darling. You see, doctor, she just sits in her chair in the corridor. She's crying. Ah, yes. Uh, Lady Weeps. You want evidence, Doctor? There it is. Her tears. Don't cry, darling. Please. If I could only take one of her tears. But you can. You can do as you wish. How can you take a tear into heaven? Uh, permit me. The rose in my buttonhole. I touch the rose to her cheek. So... And like a pearl of dew upon the petal lies a single mortal tear. The only bit of real evidence that we have. Come, we must get out of here now. Monsieur Recorder, we are ready. The case of Peter Carter versus Heaven will now be heard. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen of the universe, due to uh, negligence by our Department of Admission... Peter Carter is in the embarrassing position of dangling between heaven and earth. Here and now, we must decide either to pull him up or grant an extension of his term on earth. The jury will take their places, please. Our counsel's ready. Abraham Fowler. All ready, Your Honor. And Dr. Reeves. Quite ready, Your Honor. The prosecution has the floor, Mr. Fowler. 
Honor, members of the jury, and fellow spirits. <laughs> Peter Carter, an Englishman, should have died on 2nd of May, 1945, at 10 after 5 o'clock, British double summer time. <laughs> Moreover, when summoned reports some 16 hours later, the defendant refused the company, the authorized conductor. For what reason, please? He claimed that in the time which he'd borrowed from us, he accumulated no responsibilities of an allegedly important and permanent nature. That in those few hours, a young lady of good American stock had fallen in love with him. Are we to believe this, that in those 16 borrowed hours... No. I object to the word borrowed. My client was given the 16 hours in question. Objection sustained. Nevertheless, I wait to believe that Peter Carter, Englishman, is in love with this young lady, good American stock, and equally important, is she in love with him? Why stress their nationalities, Mr. Farland? For good reason, sir. We're talking of love. It can happen, you know, between an Englishman and an American girl. My point is that when in the course of human events, our men and women come to your little island as allies, was not to become your prisoners. May I remind you, sir, that we are living in the 20th century, not the 18th. And may I remind you, sir, that we are not living at all. <laughs> You've got me there, Mr. Fallon. Thank you, Fallon. Thank you. But I am up to date, Dr. Reeve. No, I've been watching you English from upstairs here. Your politics, your business. Miss Peter D. Carter, what you'd call a... Good Englishman? Yes, sir. I thought so. Considerable handicap, is it not? Lord, may I ask where Mr. Farland's father was born? Entirely relevant. Could it have been in England? My father left England, sir, because he didn't like it. But he liked it today. Well, I have here radio. Let me turn it on. Listen, everybody. Listen to the England of today. Well, here we are at the cricket match, ladies and gentlemen. Boys of of America in 1945. If you wish, sir. That can't be American. What is that savagery, sir? I don't understand it, no. Neither do I. I simply suggest that what may be typically British or typically American has nothing to do with Peter Carter. And or June Adams. Oh, yes, June Adams. Lovely, vibrant American girl. Members of the jury, I ask you, should the swift tempo of her promising young life be slow to the crawl of a match of cricket? Or her accustomed native comfort be outraged by England's warm drinks, cold rooms, drafty windows, and faulty plumbing? <laughs> At this moment, Mr. Powell. Two million houses in England have no windows at all. No, Lord. 
I submit that this court is concerned with the life and death of Peter Carter and not with past history or present plumbing. But Peter Carter's character, sir, like every other human being, has been formed by circumstance. But by a chain of circumstances. As Benjamin Franklin once said, a kingdom was lost all for the want of a horseshoe nail. You've heard of Benjamin Franklin. I beg you in George Washington's words, labor to keep alive in your breast that little spark of celestial fire called conscience. Are you insinuating that something's wrong with my conscience? Not at all. I'm proclaiming it. You are trying to prejudice the jury against Englishmen. I don't need to prejudice juries, sir. They're already prejudiced. <laughs> you can't pick the jury today. Look at these 12 good men. First, you see Jean-Marie Barrow, Frenchman. And then the century passed that war between France and England. Next is Gregarius Bonzier from the Transvaal. The Boer War, Dr. Lee, remember? John G. Min, Chinese. Don't forget England's attack on China in 1857, not Peking. You, sir? Balatash Faital from Burma. Uh, think of Burma, Dr. Eves. And you? James Monaghan. Ireland. Uh, choose a new jury anywhere, Dr. Eves. It must always be prejudiced against England. The Lord, I challenge the jury and request that a new one be chosen. From where, Dr. Eves? Anywhere except England. Why not from England? Where else have the rights of the individual been held so high? In America, sir, where these rights are held inalienable. Why, a man can see farther from the top of Boston State House, and more worth to him than from all the pyramids and turrets the world over. America, sir, is the only place where a man is full grown. Then I ask for a jury of Americans, and if there is one who fought in the Revolutionary War, then I want another who fought shoulder to shoulder against our common enemy in this century. And if one has a mind that can only think back a hundred and seventy years, I want another who thinks 170 years ahead. Do you agree, Mr. Fallon? I would welcome this jury, Your Honor. Court is adjourned while we find a new jury. Without further interruption, we shall continue to introduce the new jurors to the court. Francois Dupont, American citizen. Peter Van Dyke, American citizen. Jim Wong, American citizen. Jefferson Lincoln Brown, American citizen. Patrick Aloysius Mahoney, American citizen. The jury will be seated. Mr. Fallon. Well, apparently Dr. Reeves has wasted the court's time. Search where you will. Humanity rises to indict England. You may proceed, Dr. Reeves. Gentlemen of the jury, here in my hand I hold a single rose. And in this rose lies my entire case. And what is my case? I agree with Mr. Fowler. Has Peter Carter fallen in love during the allotted extra... Forest, Doctor. ...in the disputed extra 16 hours, or has he not? Now, two young people who would never have met but for a mistake of here are being penalized for falling in love. On the petal of this rose is a tear. And in that tear... Of love and truth and friendship. Those qualities alone can build a new world today and a better world tomorrow. That is my entire case, and upon it, I demand that Peter Carter shall live. Mr. Fallon. No questions, Your Honor. Your Honor. You are the foreman of the jury? I am. 
And we feel that the defendant and the girl should be given a chance to be heard. Is that permissible? It can be arranged. Where are they, Conductor? Mr. Carter is on an operating table in an army hospital near Newcastle. The young woman is also there waiting in the corridor. The jury feels that hearing them would help establish a better understanding of conditions. In that event, the jury will go downstairs. Lead the way, Conductor. There is Mr. Carter, monsieur, on the operating table. The jury will stand around, please. Mm. My diagnosis was right. Sign of vascular meningeal adhesions, binding the optic nerve to the brain. We're not here to discuss adhesions, Dr. Reed, but the question of Peter Carter. Similar tissue in the chiasm. Let me tell you about my operation, Doctor. I summoned for Peter D. Carter. Oh. Hello, Peter. Hello, Doctor. How's the operation going? Fine. You couldn't be in better haste. There's quite a draft in my head. Peter Carter, tell the jury here whether or not you attempted to influence the motions of that young American girl out there in the corridor. June and I fell in love before we ever met. Well, you claim you love her. I do love her. Can you prove it? If you give me time, sir. Fifty years will do. Can you prove it? Well, can a starving man prove he's hungry except by eating? Would you die for her? I would. Ah. But I'd rather live. Young devil. Pardon the expression, Your Honor. Good work, Peter. Good. You're a witness, Dr. Reed. No question. Conductor, is the young lady available? She sleeps, monsieur. Oh, she sleeps. Jury will count a note there. I put her to sleep. Indeed? Why? To enable you to call her spirit, sir. The jury will please note that. I do call her, Your Honor. Very well. Miss Joan Adams. Joan! Don't interrupt me, sir. Miss Adams, you have been called in the case of Peter Carter as a witness of the prosecution. Where were you born, child? In Boston, sir. You know this man? I think so. You think so? Well, I met him only a few days ago. And how do you think you can love him? Oh, but I do love him. Oh, nonsense, lad. I object. Counsel must withdraw the word nonsense. Oh, but Mr. Farland's right, Doctor. There's no sense in love. Well, I see wisdom still flowers in Boston. <laughs> can you prove that you love him? How can I? Would you be willing to die for him? Oh, yes. Would you take his place in the balance sheet? Yes. Don't believe her. Stand aside, Tom. You've no right to ask her. How dare you tell me what I might ask? Peter, you must not say. Well, of all that dirty trick. This is contempt of court. I'll have you committed. Sir. Commit away. June, don't answer any more questions. Do you realize that the right is attitude you forfeited any chance of winning your case? All right, then I lose. But you're not going to get June as well. You're a witness, Dr. Reed. June, you know me well. Do you trust me? Of course I do. Then listen. Because of what you just said, it is absolutely necessary that you take Peter's place in the other world. Have you gone mad? If you really love him, June, come with me to that stairway. It leads to heaven. You are mad. It's the only way to prove your love, June. I do love him. You won't go. Oh, Lord, I ask the court to restrain my client. Restrain him, bailiff. Come, my dear. June! No! No! Goodbye, Peter. Goodbye, darling. Dying for him, for love. <laughs> so typically French. Look, the stairs, the stairs have disappeared. What? The stairs have disappeared. Unprecedented. Never this happened before. You. Oh! Oh, they are coming back. Do you know what this means? 
greater hands than ours that sent her back. But the universe, the law, the law of the universe clearly stipulates... I know, Mr. Fowler. In the universe, nothing is stronger than the law. But on Earth, nothing is stronger than the law. June. I would die for you, darling. I would. Tita, forgive me. It was a long shot to take. I had to take it. It has been clearly established that June loves Peter, and Peter loves June. As Sir Walter Scott is always saying, love rules the court, the game, the grove, and men below, and saints above. For love is heaven, and heaven As the jury considered the verdict... Case for the defendant, Your Honor. Bravo. Appeal sustained, Mr. Carter. Thank you. There now remains the new date on Peter Carter's file. I'll write it down. Will the counsel approve it, please? Satisfactory, Dr. Reeves. Very generous. Isn't that a mite too much, Your Honor? No, I agree. Then let's go back where we belong. First, dear me, I hope this won't establish a precedent. nurse. The patient may be removed to his room now. Congratulations, Dr. Liza. Wonderful piece of work. He will be all right. Somehow I feel very sure of that. Peter? Oh, no. Are you still here? Uh, the book. The book on chess. I'm returning it now to Dr. Reeves' library. Oh, what a pity I shall have to wait so long to play chess with you. I can't. I'm sorry. In time, my friend. Au revoir, Peter. Oh, uh, he's waiting for you in your room. Waiting for me? Waiting for me. Waiting for me. Waiting for me. Waiting for me. Peter. Hello, June. Hello, darling. We won. Oh, I know, darling. I know. Barnett from a screenplay by Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger. A music directed by Rudy Schrager. <laughs>